the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one true God. Amen. My parents, my sister and I, we emigrated to the United States in 1986. And from about 1986 to 1992, because in India, they didn't have landlines. Only a few families had those types of amenities. So my maternal grandfather would always write to us through letters. And I remember vividly what was written on the top of all his letters. God is love. It was written in capital letters and underlined. I remember that till this day. God is love. When we speak about how God is love, we think of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and the love in every single one of us. God didn't create mankind because He needed us, because we add to His glory. No, He did so because He wanted to extend His love even further. He wanted to have a relationship with mankind, with man and woman. And that is why in Genesis, God says, let us create them in our image. This us has always been from the beginning of time. The relationship of love between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and that relationship of love was extended to you and I, brothers and sisters of Christ, sons and daughters of the Father, and we are created in His image and likeness. In the Gospel reading today, we hear of a wedding which occurred in Cana of Galilee. And during those times, and even now, people like to enjoy wine. People like to enjoy other things nowadays as well. But the wine was running out. And so, the mother of God, St. Mary, who was present there, asks her son, Jesus Christ, who was also present there with his disciples. It seems all of them were invited together to this wedding feast. St. Mary asked Jesus to perform a miracle. She tells him that the wine is running out. And Jesus says, woman, what does this have to do with me? This doesn't concern me. My time has not come yet. Now, humanly speaking, when we look at this, we might tend to think that Jesus is being disrespectful because he calls his mother woman. But in public, in the Judaic tradition, you were to always respect your mother, be very formal. So in fact, he's being respectful 
to his mother. But he's also saying, I'm not ready yet, humanly speaking. My time hasn't come. But yet, it goes on to say, the gospel reading that is, that Jesus performed the miracle of turning water into wine. And I often thought to myself, how come Jesus performed this miracle even though humanly speaking, in his human nature, he was reluctant to do so. It is because he valued the relationship that he had with his mother. His mama came to him and asked him to perform this miracle. And he didn't have to do it. He's the son of God. He doesn't have to do anything he doesn't want to do. But he valued the relationship he had with his mother. And because of that love that he had for his mother, he performed that miracle. He knew that the relationship that he had with his mother was a representation of the relationship that he had with his heavenly Father. What is your relationship with God? In order to ask that question, you only have to look at the people around you. What is your relationship with other people? In orthodoxy, we have sacraments. And the sacraments of the church are relational. Let me explain. When we think of the sacrament of confession, many of us, for the most part, because of my experience as a pastor in the church for almost 10 years, has been that we are satisfied with confessing to God. I confess my sins to God every single day. Acha, isn't that fine? Yes, that's fine. God will forgive you. God is merciful. God is loving. But when you step into the confessional with a priest whom you have a relationship with, then it becomes the fullness of the sacrament of confession. That confession which you share with a priest who has a relationship with you, which is deep and abiding, and then he prays for you, that he longs to see you get out of your sin, out of your problem, out of your situation. That is a real sacrament of confession. And the funny thing is, I'm not sure if it's funny, but the interesting thing is, many of our people, they'll go to conferences or retreats and they'll confess to an action that they'll never see again ever before. But where is the relationship in that? Where is the vulnerability of you and I when we're only willing to confess to someone that we'll never see again? What is the fear? What's the problem there? That in fact we are forgiven, but no relationship was established with that priest. He's long and gone, never to be seen again. You'll never have to see him. But the point is, you never receive the fullness of the sacrament of confession 
until and unless you come to the confessional with your spiritual father, with the father whom you have a relationship with, because in orthodoxy, everything is about relationship. Let's say it together. In orthodoxy, everything is about relationship. When you come here to this church and you receive the communion, that's relationship. Why do we call it communion? You are communing, you are partaking in the body and blood of Christ. That is the relationship you are engaging in. If we come here and we stand and we pray and that's all that we do, that's fine. That's good, but that's not the fullness. The fullness is when you partake of the body and blood of Christ. And when you do that, you are communing, you are communicating to God. You are receiving Him and He is receiving you. That is the fullness of the Eucharist. The Eucharist is relationship. Your relationship with confession, your relationship with the communion is a direct indication of your relationship with God. You want to know how you're doing with the Lord? Figure out how you're doing with the communion. Figure out how you're doing with the confession. That will tell you how you're doing with God. You don't need to go to God and ask Him to give you a miracle. Ask Him to give you signs and wonders. The signs and wonders are here. And if you want to know how your relationship with this God, with God is, and me as well, I just have to evaluate those two things. And furthermore, when we are in the church, we're participating in the sacraments of the church. When we're in the ministry of the church, when we're doing the social work and the charity work of the church, when we're lay leaders in the church, how are we developing relationships with others? Have we built relationships? Or are we breaking down relationships with the way we speak, with the way we talk, with the way we handle situations? Are we building relationship? If you're a person who builds relationship, I can tell you this, that you have a good relationship with God. If you're a person who breaks down relationships, I can tell you this, your relationship with God is broken down. I don't need you to come in to me and tell me what's going on with your life. This is things that, these are things that we can see by ourselves. When we take part in general body, when we take part in managing committee, when we participate in the life of the church, which is administrative and also spiritual, and those two entities come together and combine in a relationship, am I breaking your mind yet? We have to choose kindness before being right. Have you ever heard of Dr. Uh, Wayne Dyer? He's a motivational uh, health and get well guru. And he, I don't normally quote, quote someone 
like him, but I'll do so today because I think what he says is very apt. If you have a choice between kindness and being right, always choose kindness. Because being right always strokes your ego. And it always strokes your pride. And you can indicate to yourself where you are with pride just by the fact that if you follow that rule. Now, I'm not saying that that rule is in place all the time. But for the most part, especially us sitting here today, if the choice is between kindness and being right, always choose kindness. Because the overall empirical law of God is relationship. Building relationship in this community. Building the relationship outside the four corners of this church. Building the relationship in this community. And when we build relationship with each other, we build our relationship with God. Don't go to God. Go to your fellow brothers and sisters. If you can be kind to them, it shows how you are with God. Let us take this first day of the Great and Holy Lent and really ask God to settle our heart and our mind to fasting and prayer, to get rid of our ego, our pride, our selfishness, our jealousy, our lust, all of the things that we struggle with. They are struggles and they are there and it's in me to teach us a lesson, but to grow closer to God. He wants each and every single one of us to get better, to move higher, to be more spiritual, to receive the richness of God, the forgiveness of God, and His righteousness, and be victorious sons and daughters of the Most High God. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. Oh, Heavenly Father, we seek a relationship with our brothers and sisters. To be kind over being right. So that Lord, when we speak and when we talk, when we write, and when we think, when we ask, when we do, and with all the things that are part of this church life, family life, marriage life, I pray, O oh Lord, that you will give us the strength to realize that relationship matters and to foster relationship and to build relationship so that we might glorify our Father in heaven. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. <coughs> now we